Acts chapter 3 tonight. As we return to our Sunday night series through the book of Acts, considering what it means to be a church in action, we're in the midst here of studying Peter's sermon, if you will, his response to the people who have now gathered at Solomon's porch to behold this man who was a crippled beggar, but now he's seen leaping and walking and leaping and praising God, and everyone wants to take in this event, you can imagine. And I know we've been reading this section of verses, let's do so again tonight, verses 12 through the end of the chapter. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this, or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified His Son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied Him in the presence of Pilate when He was determined to let Him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And His name, through faith in His name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know." Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto your fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Well, we've already covered verses 12 through 18 over the last five weeks in this series, and I don't have time to recap it. I want to just quickly give you the main thoughts of those um, passages. In verse 12, we saw what we do as a church is not about us. It's all about Christ. In verses 13 and 25, we saw that Christ is the covenant confirmer. He confirmed the new covenant. In verses 13 through 15, we considered how we are to be living witnesses of Christ's resurrection by people seeing the miraculous working power of our Lord through us in our lives that makes us different from the world. We are being changed from the inside out. That should be manifested in your life. In verse 16, we saw how when Christ heals, He heals us perfectly, completely. Christ is perfect. His salvation is perfect. Our salvation is eternal. It can be nothing but perfect. And this idea that you've got to work for some of it, you need to forget that idea. It is a salvation that saves wholly, perfectly, throughly. And then last time in verses 17 and 18, we considered how our message needs to be mixed with grace and salt. We preach the cross because Christ died for sinners. But we also preach the cross because God's love 
to the world was on display when Jesus Christ was upon the cross. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And we finished last time by talking about the dangers of ignorance. How ignorance is a result of not knowing God's Word. And we need to be a people of the book. We need to be in God's Word. God bless you, sister. Was that why that again? Yeah, that was like really low. I really liked the last one last year. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> that was a little effeminate. That was good. All right. The last one was way too manly. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Don't sneeze. You get called out. All right. So listen, we, we ought to be in the Word of God. We ought to be reading it, studying it, memorizing it, meditating upon it. We must labor and dig in God's Word so that we may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now as we begin tonight, I'd like to pick back up in verse 18. We didn't really get a chance to dig into that. And let's read it again as we get started. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all His prophets that Christ should suffer, He hath so fulfilled. Now, I mentioned last time that while Peter shows some grace in verse 17 after some pretty hard preaching, he was giving them the benefit of the doubt there in verse 17 that what they did, they had done through ignorance. In verse 18, he essentially now lets them know there really was no excuse for their ignorance because God's Word had said what Christ was going to come and do. And so while I understand, folks, that you might have done it through ignorance, what happened to Christ was foretold by the mouth of His prophets. It was recorded in God's Word. It was there for them to study and to read, and I know the common people probably didn't have access to the Word of God. Scrolls were hard to make, laborious, expensive, usually at the synagogues, places like that. So your average person didn't just roll around with a scroll. Roll around with the scroll. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> hey, this just comes naturally. Amen. Um, but verses like this are so great because it shows us how important the Old Testament still is for today. Unfortunately, there are pastors out there who are suggesting that the Old Testament no longer has any merit for New Testament Christianity. There's a famous pastor down in Georgia. He preaches we need to unhitch our Christianity from the Old Testament. That our understanding of our faith needs to be separated from that. But that's lunacy, if you ask me. Without the Old Testament, we miss the foundational reasons why Christ came to die in the first place. Just consider where we are currently at in our series through Genesis in Genesis chapter 3. <clears throat> so many important truths there. We have the fall of mankind due to their sin. We have the prophecy of the, of the uh, promised seed to come who will redeem mankind. We also have there in Genesis chapter 3 the, the requirement for a blood sacrifice. We also see that works cannot save you. All the way back in Genesis chapter 3, just in this one chapter, we could go on and on inciting reasons for the necessity of the Old Testament, the foundations of which are so clear that they build up to this coming Messiah that would die for us because we could not save ourselves. 
Even the New Testament refutes the idea that we need to unhitch our Christianity from the Old Testament because it reminds us of the importance of the Old Testament. Romans 15.4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. What were the scriptures they were referring about then? It was the Old Testament scriptures. They had no New Testament as you and I know it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 11 and 12. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. I really like that because that's an often quoted verse there at the end. Take heed lest you fall. But isn't it amazing that that verse that is so often quoted and well known is actually tied to our understanding of the Old Testament, especially those who fell of that generation in the wilderness. And in in context there of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, those things that were written for our example, they were written to teach us not to lust after evil things, neither to be idolaters, neither commit fornication, neither to tempt Christ, neither to murmur, which were all things that that generation was guilty of doing. And we read there that God was not pleased with them. If the Old Testament can teach us all of that and much more, why in the world would we want to do away with the Old Testament? And why would we suggest that it's not worth studying? Now, I say this carefully because I'm not the judge, capital J. But based upon 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I personally have to wonder if people who say that the Old Testament is of of no use today, do they even truly know the Lord? Or at a minimum, they are very ignorant. Why do you say that? Because of 2 Corinthians 3, verses 14 through 16. But their minds were blinded, for until this day... There remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away with in Christ. But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. You see, once a heart turns to Jesus Christ, the veil that blinds the mind is then taken away. And when the Old Testament is read, once we are in Christ, the heart begins to understand the importance of the Old Testament Scriptures because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so we must not diminish the importance of the Old Testament. I know it's tempting when you get to the genealogies and chronicles. Just let Brother Scorby help you out, amen? I don't know if he's a brother or not, but he reads pretty cool. Some of you probably have no clue. The Old Testament truths are foundational to our faith in Christ. In the Old Testament, we find all the types, shadows, figures, pictures of the coming Messiah, our Redeemer, which reveals God's heart and His plan for mankind from the very beginning. The Old Testament is so tied to the New Testament that I believe we can say that the New Testament is built upon the foundation of the Old Testament. And I didn't have time to verify this, 
But it's been said that the New Test that the New Testament references the Old Testament 855 times. If true, that would mean about 27% of the New Testament is derived from the Old. A great deal of those references in the Old Testament are the coming Christ. Over 300 messianic prophecies, most of which were fulfilled in His first coming. All the rest will be fulfilled in Christ in His second. So in essence, it is the Old Testament that confirms the veracity of the New Testament and vice versa. In other words, they complement each other. Therefore, as we get into this thought tonight, I want you to understand the importance of the Old Testament. It should never be neglected in our readings and our study. It is vitally important. Verse 18 of our text tonight is a verse which verifies how the Old Testament writings, and in particular here, how the prophets foretold of Christ and His sufferings. Therefore, the ignorance that the religious leaders had that Peter gives them the benefit of the doubt of there in verse 17, it's really inexcusable because all they had to do was study their text. Romans chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way. Chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. The Word of God. Stephen's going to preach over there in Acts chapter 7 and verse 38 that Moses was with the church in the wilderness when he received the lively oracles. When he was on top of Mount Sinai. God gave His Word to the children of Israel. Therefore, Paul asked the question, what advantage did they have? They had every advantage. They had every advantage because they had the Word of God. They were given the oracles of God. What advantage do you have? We have the Word of God. Listen, we live in an age where we should be wise when it comes to the Scriptures. You can pull it up on your phone. Who would have thought that back? <laughs> I remember when our county got 911 because everybody finally had enough touch tone phones. Anyway, listen, it's so readily available to you. What advantage do you have, America? Much every way. You've been given the Word of God, there's no excuse for ignorance. As the keeper of the oracles of God, we can say that the religious leaders within Israel were willfully ignorant. Remember last week, that's dumb on purpose. Two weeks ago. Last time I was up here. What was their problem? They did not labor in their studies. Now you pay me to do that. Thank you. And I know not everybody has that Luxury. But what time you have, you ought to use it to get in the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Somewhere in there it says something about not being ashamed or approved unto God. Did I get all that in there, Adrian? Okay. 
because of a lack of study, when the Messiah showed up, they were guilty of what Peter had just said in the previous verses. They denied Jesus. They delivered Him up to Pilate. They denied the Holy One and the just. They desired Barabbas to be set free instead. And the Bible says they killed the Prince of Life. And we already talked last week about the dangers of ignorance. But understand that ignorance of the Bible is ultimately a result of laziness and apathy. I wish I knew the Word of God better. Get in the Word of God. We either don't care enough to be in God's Word or we're simply too slothful to be in God's Word. Did you know for the average reader, average reader, so don't come up to me and tell me you're slow. The average reader can read through their Bible if they read 12 minutes a day in a year. You say, I'm a slow reader. It takes you 17 minutes. All right. 12 minutes per day. That's it. It takes about 70 hours to read your Bible through. Now, really, it takes a lifetime to read the Bible. It's a living book. And we should give Him so much more than we do. But just think about that for a minute. 12 to 17 minutes per day. (laughs) How many things in a day do we do that takes more than 12 to 17 minutes at a time? Listen, the average sitcom. Let's suppose you're one of those high-tech people that DVR. And you fast-forward through your commercials. The average sitcom is 22 minutes. On average, people spend nearly two hours on social media per day. Hours. Sorry, that cracks me up. The average American spends three hours per day watching television. The average commute in Rapid City is 15 minutes. One way, by the way. We're only talking about 12 to 17 minutes per day. Can't you spare 15 minutes? Or is that too much? You understand, I got to bed late. Probably on social media or watching your favorite sitcom. Well, I had to be at work early. You can give all the excuses you want. Now, God just doesn't want you to read it. He wants you to hear from Him. That may take you more time. But you'll know you're beginning to get the Word of God into your heart when you start living the Word of God. You start living the principles out. People start noticing a difference in your life, in your language, in your behavior. For what it's worth, I'm personally not so much concerned that you read your Bible through in a year. Though I will continue to encourage that. But I want you to get something from God's Word. Don't just check a box. So you can have coffee and pie in February. Take a verse, chew on it. Imagine if you just took Acts 3.18. And you just took this verse, wrote it down on 3 by 5 and you just walked around throughout the, the day reading it and chewing on it. Do you know how much is here? Get something from the Word of God. 
don't just read it to read it, but get something from it. Be in the Word. Meditate upon it throughout the day. And here's the bottom line. Is God pleased with your efforts? doesn't matter if I'm pleased. Is God pleased? It was a lack of study which caused Israel to miss the Christ. And it is a lack of study of God's Word that is causing America to forsake Christ. There is no debate on abortion if we're in the Word of God. There are no questions about homosexuality and gender confusion if we're in the Word of God. If you're struggling in your spiritual life, it's likely because you're not in the Word of God. You're not taking time to study, and that's causing you spiritual problems and spiritual leanness in your soul. Notice in verse 18 that it says, which God before had showed. You see, all that we need to know is already contained in the Word of God. He's already showed it to us. We just need to get in there. We need to learn His principles. We need to get out of it all that we can. Micah 6.8, we sing it sometimes. He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee. God isn't in hiding. We have His Word. It's all contained in the Scriptures. We just need to stop being lazy and study and rightly divide His Word to show ourselves approved unto God so that we're not ashamed. Listen, I know what it's like. I've been there. I know what it's like to work shift work for a whole career. But I also know what it's like to take the time while still working shift work, going deployed, trying to work on a secular degree, be a husband, be a father, but still have time to be in the Word of God. You just have to make it a priority. Contrary to popular belief, the Bible is not that hard to understand when it comes to daily Christian living. I know I've said this before, but we got to get Tom Williams here. He says the funniest stuff. He said, "You got some guy said I got a question in Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. I got a question in Acts. Let's go to Acts. I got a question in Ezekiel. Let's go back to Acts." It's not all easy to understand. I get that, but when it comes to Daily Christian living, it is. Even a child can understand the Ten Commandments. Hebrews 5, verses 12 and 13, For when for for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. We aren't supposed to remain as baby Christians. We are to mature in our walk with God. The writer of Hebrews is encouraging us to move past the first principles of the Word of God because baby Christians act like babies. Maybe you need to be a pastor. But the Bible is like a pacifier. There, shut up. Okay, i got to focus. Get in the Word of God and grow up already. Listen, you're the Sunday night crowd. 
Get in the Word of God and grow up. Many of you have been in the faith long enough, but you constantly need someone to come along and teach you again and again the first principles of the oracles of God. And I want to ask you tonight, how many times do you have to be told? Did your parents ever ask you that growing up? How many times do I have to tell you? How many times do you need to be told, read your Bible? How many times do you need to be told to attend church? To be in prayer, to witness, and to give. Five to thrive. How many times? And yet, how many are not even given yet? Pastor, I don't understand why, why, why my life's falling apart. Malachi 3 is very clear that if you'll give, he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. How many times do you have to be told, husbands, love your wife? Wives, you need to reverence your husband. Children, you need to obey. Fathers, don't provoke your children into wrath, lest they be discouraged. Stop being lazy and stop being apathetic and just do the Word of God. God has shown thee what is good and what He requires of thee. Just get in the Word and get to it. You're going to fall along the way. Righteous man falls seven times. But if I understand that correctly, he gets back up eight Verse 18 goes on to say, which God before has showed by the mouth of all His prophets that Christ should suffer. You know, we find Jesus even in His day having to tell the people over and over again, get in the Word of God. John 5.39, search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of Me. John 5.46 and 47, for had ye believed Moses, you would have believed Me, for he wrote of Me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Matthew twenty two twenty nine. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. Mark twelve ten. And have you not read the Scripture? The stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. And then Christ had to educate them after his resurrection. Remember when Cleopas and the other were walking back to Emmaus from Jerusalem after Christ crucifixion, but after he had resurrected, they were not quite aware yet. Luke 24, verses 24, or 25 and through 27. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And then Jesus appears unto his disciples in that same chapter, verses 44 through 46. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake while I was yet with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written. And thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. What they needed to know concerning Jesus had already been in the Word of God. It had already been pinned down. It was just a matter of getting into the Word of God. Studying what the Scriptures had already foretold concerning Christ. 
And we'll, we'll see, it's amazing as we go through the book of Acts to consider how they preached Christ from the Word of God, and yet the only Word of God they had was the Old Testament. And they preached Christ. We'll see even later on in this chapter, verses 21 through 24. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things. Look at what it says. Which God hath spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. It was there. It was in writing. You don't have to turn to these real quick. Just from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. To give him and the prophets, to give him all, to him give all the prophets witness. To Jesus, all the prophets gave witness. That through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Acts 17, verses 2 and 3. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. From the Old Testament. Acts 18, 28. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Acts 26, verses 22 and 23. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none of the things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. That Christ should suffer and there, that He should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And then finally, Acts 28, 23. And when they had appointed Him a day, there came many to Him into His lodging to whom He expounded and testified the kingdom of God persuading them concerning Jesus both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. Say, what's the theme of the Old Testament? It's Christ. That's just a small sampling from the book of Acts alone. And how dare any try to tell us today and suggest that the Old Testament isn't relevant. The church of the living God was built upon and grounded upon the preaching of of the Scriptures, the Old Testament Scriptures. They preached Christ from the Old Testament. If you're not doing it already, when you read your Old Testament, you need to look for Christ. We saw Him Wednesday night out of Esther chapter 2. If you were were not here, you need to listen. We saw Christ. After 9-11, I went deployed, quote-unquote, for our real military men. Um, I went to Diego Garcia. Quit laughing, DeGarmo. <laughs> I went deployed, and um, in my work center, he wasn't a weather guy, but sitting next to me was a guy who was Jewish, both in heritage and religion. And therefore, he rejected Christ as the Messiah, and he rejected the New Testament. And so I became challenged as I worked with this guy whether I could lead someone to Christ using the Old Testament. And we all should be able to. Because that's how the early church did it. All they possessed was an Old Testament. And they were able to turn the world upside down. 
That experience, when, when I went deployed, led to my fascination of seeing Christ in the Old Testament. And I discovered He's everywhere, and that may be a subject we can never exhaust. I keep finding Him more and more. And you won't have to look far in the Old Testament to see that Christ was foretold of, that He would suffer. Jesus said Himself, I'm spoken of in the Law of Moses, in the Psalms and the Prophets, in other words, throughout the entire Old Testament. And we wouldn't have time to cover all the passages, and I'm not going to go down that road, though I'm tempted. But I'll guarantee you it's more than just Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53 that speak of Christ's suffering. And finally tonight, your favorite words, amen. We read at the end of verse 18, He hath so fulfilled. And I hope you have learned that the Word of God can be trusted. He has fulfilled His Word. The Gospels are the fulfillment of the Old Testament covenants and promises. It shows us how God kept His Word. And what God says can be trusted. You'll read many times throughout the Gospels how the Scriptures must needs be fulfilled because the Word of God is everlasting. Matthew 5, 17 and 18, Jesus said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Matthew 24, 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Psalm 119, 89, Forever, O Lord, is thy word settled in heaven. Psalm 119, 152, Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Isaiah 40, in verse 8, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. 1 Peter 1.25, But the word of the Lord endureth forever. This world is ever-changing. It is, it is on shifting sand. It's like standing at the ocean as the tide comes in and your feet begin to sink into the sand as you just stand there. The world is shifting. There's no solid footing from the world. But you will be on firm ground if you will stand upon the Word of God. It never changes because our God never changes. And all that is yet to come that has, that has not yet been fulfilled, you can trust it's going to be fulfilled exactly as God said it. How do we know that? Because everything else has been fulfilled exactly as God said it would be. But fear not. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well to take heed, Peter wrote, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. So are you in the Word of God? I think we all can do better than a measly 12 minutes per day. But maybe that's a good starting point for you. I'm not going to shame you for that. But there's really no good excuse for being ignorant of God's Word. Because for those of us in Christ, we have the best teacher. We have the Holy Ghost that abides in us. You've heard me say before, you can attend the Holy Ghost University tuition paid by the blood of Christ. Whoop! I'm about to take a lap on that one. Y'all just sit there. 1 John chapter 2, 27, but the anointing which ye have received of Him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in Him. Can I just tell you tonight, listen, please stop being lazy. Stop being apathetic. Get in the Word of God. Many men have died to give us the English Bible. Are you in the Word of God?
Are you studying it? Or are you even reading it? Do you meditate upon it? Do you memorize it? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Taking heed to thy word. I've hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. God said, I've given you the words of life. God said, I have magnified my word above my name. And you can't give him a chapter. The failures that we read of from the children of Israel were because they were not in the word of God. The failures that our nation is experiencing is because we are not in the word of God. God's people. What would happen if God's people would just say, I'm going to get in the Word of God every day. I'm going to be sensitive to it. I'm going to listen to what God has for me and I'm going to allow it to change my life. I'm going to get my heart right with Him and I'm going to start doing what His book says. Now, I've pleaded with you tonight. Get in the Word of God. There are countries that don't have it. I have about eight. Just me. Maybe more. And there's countries out there that don't have it. We've seen the footage of when they received just portions of the Word of God. We saw that in Malawi when they received those John and Romans and how excited they were just to get a little piece of God's Word. Let's pray.